Easter, maybe. That would be good. Amen. Maybe we'll do that this summer. Hallelujah. We'll bring some up from St. Augustine. They never, you know, they really don't have lobster there. We've got some crawdads. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's going to be a good time. Also, I do want to let you know that, obviously, you know, as we've made some transition here in this location, you know, we're one church, two locations, you know, there are phases that take place. I mean, when we first started uh, down in St. Augustine, the Lord, um, before I ever left, I said, Lord, you know, my pastor, Pastor David Emi in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, I said, you know, I'll go and go. You just tell me to get up and leave. I'm out of here. I said, but I really want him to pray for me. I want him to understand that you put something in me. He knows that I'm going to be a senior pastor one day or that I would pastor a church, be a keeper of a vision. And he knew this day would come. And, but I'd like to get him something because he likes to see stuff in writing. And so the Lord opened up some phases that uh, I was able to write out and present to him. And you know what? The transition here as we go, it, there's a, um, a, a phase that takes place. The first thing we did in our first phase here in, in, in part of this transition, number one, was just to do this. It was just to get to know who's here. Okay? And um, we understand that not everybody stays around when transition happens. You know, I'm sure when you went from managing one place and went to or went, got on at um, Red Lobster, you know, it might have been a few waitresses that decided, man, I can't work for this guy for whatever reason, and then they quit, and, you know, you hire a new staff. That takes place. I understand that. You know, and, uh, but we have a vision. Amen? And the vision to impact, the Ignite the City, Impact the Nation, Influence the World will go on. Amen? Regardless, period. And, um, you know, you're just excited. You're still part of what God's doing. And, and I tell you, there's an increase. I'm telling you, it's trickling in down in St. Augustine. It's going to trickle here, okay? Um, what's happening there is going to happen here, amen? And, um, you know, you just got to, I'm seeing eyes differently than you. I recognize this because, number one, um, I've only been here since January. You know, some of y'all been here a little bit longer than I have in this location. But be of good cheer, we shall endure. And there are, um, when I say that, not laborious, but you understand, we'll see the vision through is what I'm talking about. And um, there's phases that take place. And so when we first came, I didn't want to come in and say, okay, we're doing da-da-da. Because then I look like one of these managers that, you know, I don't care about you, do what I say. So we didn't really change anything. We just come to know you. Amen? Hallelujah. Why? Because we love people, period. Now, in, our, in, in this fifth uh, Sunday fellowship, we want to take some time, obviously, with those who are core with us. Because those who come to the fellowship are the ones who are really connected with the church. And so if you'll come, we want to cast a little more vision concerning transition and what God's doing uh, here in Valdosta and what we believe the next phase is concerning the ministry because Anchor Faith is here to stay in Valdosta. Hallelujah. We're here, man. We are hooked up, locked up, man. It's here. God ordained this. You know, it's bigger than me. God has ordained this thing. And I can tell you, if anything, if you'll notice, if, you, if there's anything that you can bank on, know this. Uh, Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine has been there for seven years and is going nowhere. The only thing that runs me out of town is God, not people, not a devil, okay? Nothing runs me out of town. What runs me out of town is if the Lord says the city won't receive your word, take your sandals off, dust them off, and then leave town. That's the only thing that causes me to leave. That's the only reason why Jesus had other people leave cities. When he anointed the disciples, uh, and I'm talking about the 70, he said, go out, raise the dead, heal the sick, Cast out demons freely, you receive freely given. He told them, go preach the kingdom. Amen? He said this to them. And then he said, if they don't receive you, then you'll just dust off your sandals, you'll leave town, and it'll be better for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that city. So that's the only thing that would cause God to leave a place or a, the word of God to leave a place is if they didn't receive it. Amen? But Valdosta will receive this. 
Hallelujah. Why? It will be a testimony because the kingdom is here. Amen? The kingdom is here. Have we done that here? The kingdom is here? Maybe we need to do that next Sunday. The kingdom is here. I think we can pull it out. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you. Make sure you're there for the potluck to be more than just eating. We want to cast a little uh, vision of our of the next phase of transition, you know, where we're going and some of the things. Because praise and worship, obviously we've been bringing a team up. But you know what? I've already got my little tape on the base for Jimmy. I know some of y'all are wanting to do some... Uh, um, get up here with the praise and worship. We've got to do uh, practices and different things and schedule those things out. Starting in the summer months will be real good for us and for the ministry. Amen. And so we'll, we'll uh, continue to do so. Because, you know, if you get things implemented too fast, then people start getting in places that they don't need to be in yet. Amen. All right. Now, if you have your Bibles again, John chapter 18, verse 37. Now, you've heard this statement before, have you not? It's too good to be true. Have you ever heard that before? It's just, man, it's just too good to be true. And typically they say this, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Okay? If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Well, let's look at this then. Pilate therefore said to him, that is Jesus, so you are king. Jesus said, you say correctly that I am a king, and for this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the what? Truth. Everyone who is of What's that? The truth hears my voice. Now, this is a powerful statement because Jesus is talking about truth here. And we hear this statement all the time. Well, if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. And you understand, when you start reading the Bible, there is a truth that is good. And I'm going to show you this tonight. There is a truth that is good. And it's not too good to be true. It is true. Amen? And we need to camp on that truth. We need to believe in that truth. We need to walk in that truth. Because that truth is actually stronger than facts that we walk in in this world. Amen? And so again, let's see. Pilate therefore said to him, So you are a king. Jesus said, I, You say correctly, I'm a king. For this I have been born. For this I've come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate then asked this question. Pilate said to him, verse 38, What is truth? And you know what? That's the question people are asking all the time. What is truth? Now, you all know that Jesus didn't come back yesterday. I was a little oblivious to all that, to be honest with you. Uh, I, 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 mean, I get so consumed with you know, the vision between here and St. Augustine and then the things the Lord's having us do uh, out in the Caribbean and different ministers and stuff. I mean, if I turn on the news, man, it's lucky. I mean, it's lucky. Okay, I feel pretty confident, not that there's anything wrong with news, and I do like to watch it whenever I get in that capacity, but I feel pretty confident there's really something God needs me to know the Holy Ghost is going to reveal that to me. And so um, with that being said, in our travels up to Valdosta, um, one day we always tend to stop in McClenny, Baker County. Hallelujah. There's a little Starbucks there. It's our little kick to get us the rest of the way, so to speak. Amen? And so we were coming, all of a sudden I saw these guys there at Walmart, there at the light, with a sign saying, Judgment Day, May 21st. Now, for me, I'm thinking, love believes the best, okay. I'm thinking, oh, they must be having some election, because I didn't know what the 21st was. I didn't know whether Saturday, Friday, could have been a Tuesday for that matter. You know, I'm not looking at calendar. And I'm thinking, I wonder if that's on some kind of election. You know what I'm saying? That Judgment Day is on this day. They're going to vote somebody out. That's kind of their little phrase, you know. No, I don't think that's it. Everybody's kind of discussing in the suburban, you know. And then finally, one of them flips over and says, Rapture. And I thought, what in the world? And then later on, they have this other little website. It wasn't worth my time to talk about it earlier because it's a waste of your time to go onto the website. And so anyway, um, I, in turn, then said this. I said, well, let me go check this out. 
Well, so I'm flipping through, you know, the particular website, and they're giving all this stuff. Now, I'll be honest with you. I can learn more in the Bible. I'm not going to act like I know everything. I do know Scripture talks about that the Lord knows when that hour is and only Him, and it's only been given to Him. Jesus Himself said He didn't know. So based upon those, I'm feeling pretty confident that these people may be off. But hey, what if? You know what? What if there's some truth out there that I need to receive? Because you understand? I want to receive truth. I don't want to get dogmatic in a Baptist doctrine that once saved, always saved. I don't want to get dogmatic in, you know, Jesus Christ the only way and, you know, tongues is of the devil because that would be a lie because tongues is not. So, you know, I, I, I'm glad that I didn't just say, oh, no, 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 you know, we have Jesus and when I die I'm going to heaven no matter what I do. I'm glad I didn't live that way. I'm glad that, you know, the Lord, as He prompted me, well, there's, there's, there's something else, there's more, that I went to the Word on these things and I began to believe God at His Word. So I'm not so arrogant, you understand, to say, you know what, they can't really know. But you understand, if you can literally prove it in the Word, I will change my thinking. You know, so at that point, I began to go. Now, you understand, I've studied the Word for a while, and there's some places that I'll venture to because I know the Word. Some people don't need to do that because they don't know the Word. You need to hear the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost may say, don't look at that. Knowing that you're not yet able to hear that kind of stuff because it tempts you to pull off. Okay? I didn't get in the check in my spirit to not go there, so I went there. And so they started talking, and then I realized there's, it's a numbers game is what it is. It's kind of like a, you know, you know, numbers. they counting stuff. And so, you know, they went back, and they had a pretty good argument right out the gate. You know, pretty good argument in the sense that, you know, the, uh, Noah knew, you know, when judgment was coming based upon the flood. And then this other type deal, you know, there were certain de- things they know. So, you know, God can tell his people. There's people who will know. Okay. So then they count all this stuff, and I think, well, they're getting in trouble with all the counting stuff anyway, so there may be a hole in this theory based upon that alone. And I didn't have time to go through all their pages because they had so much stuff, you understand, which really just will confuse you is what it's designed for. So I just go ahead and went to the conclusion because that's where I'm at. Give me the conclusion now. All right? I'm convinced enough, and then when I got to it, because I got to a couple pages where they said the Lord said in 1988 to leave the church. Well, that's bunk. Christ died for the church, and the body of Christ is the church, so God would never tell people to leave the church. So I understand that ain't even right. Then they tell me in 1994 that the Great Tribulation started. Well, that's silly. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, somebody's out there. So I get to the conclusion, and I love it. I love the conclusion, man. I mean, I, I mean, because they're saying, you can know, we can know, you can know in the last day. And I mean, you can know without a doubt, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And then they start in their conclusion, you know, concerning all this stuff, you know, we know this, and we know this, and according to the Word, we know this. And, and they, they're, I mean, I'm telling you, they're packaging it real good. Let the Bible interpret itself, and da-da-da-da-da, and all these things. And then they get down. That's why we uh, believe that May 21st, 2011, maybe, in parentheses, now, the minute I saw I thought, well, now, you're an idiot. You've gone through this whole thing telling me exactly how you know you know, and then you won't give yourself an out. Maybe. I mean, I was shocked. Are you serious? You're going to be that bold and act like something's fixing to take place, and then you're going to give yourself a little out. And then they go on and talk about their number system because of these days and this number, it, it's perfect, it's exact, you know, because if it was off a couple of days here or a couple of days before or a couple of days after, then this wouldn't be the perfect number of this. And I mean, I can't get into all the stuff they were saying. Then they get to the next one and says, but we're still growing in truth that we hadn't known. And they, all they're doing is giving themselves. And I'm thinking, why are you 
plastering everywhere that you know something that even in your conclusion you're starting to conclude maybe you actually don't know. So they should have called it WeCanKnowMaybe.com. You understand what I'm saying? This is why people are like Pilate in our world that says, what is truth? What is truth? Now, the funniest thing I heard on the way here, Pastor Rick was telling me that a whole group of people that are non-believers organized a uh, business called, what was it called? What was, who was saying that? After Rapture Pet Care. So when you're raptured, they'll go get your pets since you won't be here anymore. You see what I'm saying? Because you're so concerned about Fifi that's left at the house now, you can, you know, pay them, and when they're done, they'll come to your house when it does take place and come. <laughs> you see what I, I mean? And we understand why Pilate in his day would say what is truth, and in our day we'd say the same thing. This is a, I mean, and this is a significant question. A very significant question. What is truth? Yet Jesus says, those who hear truth hear my voice. Which means truth must be able to be heard and known. Okay? And it's not too good to be at all. It is truth. So let's look at some scripture here concerning truth. Isaiah 45, 19. Hey, man, you with me? Hallelujah. This is good news, man. I'm telling you. Because people are making all kind of excuses for things. When we just need to find truth, and truth can be found. The only reason people aren't walking in truth is because they don't want to know the truth. Because if they know the truth, then they're responsible for the truth they know. But if they can walk away from it, and then, you know, well, I'm just not sure, and throw their little cloud out there on top of, you know, stuff, and make things a little cloudy. Because, see, that's what the devil does. He tries to smoke up the room. He tries to get it all cloudy. He tries to blind your eyes. When Jesus comes in here clearing all the smoke, making it crystal clear, this is the truth, walk in this, operate in this, do this, and this will happen in your life, period. Amen. And this will take place. Not maybe. It will. Hallelujah. So with that being, maybe we need to do a website. There is truth, period, dot com. But then they think the period is the... Right. We had to spell it out. There is the truth, period, exclamation point, dot com. Okay. Um, he says this, Isaiah 45, 19. He, says, I ha he said, I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in a land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, seek me in vain. I, the Lord... Speak the truth. Now here it says righteousness in this particular translation. I'm in the NIV. And you understand righteousness is truth. Because the word righteousness is not a religious word. It's a, it's a legal word meaning right standing with the governing authority. Which means if you're hearing what he says, that's right. Because it's truth. Okay? And so the NIV goes on and tells us, he says, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. He says this. Well, the, the Lord is not a man that he shall lie. We're going to see this. Next verse. Numbers 23, 19. NIV again. I'll use the NIV again in this particular one. Uh, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he shall lie. Now, that's just very powerful because, again, we always try to put our man ideas on God. Do we not? I mean, so many people have their own definitions of what God's saying. God said to love me. So all, everybody who's a homosexual says, well, God loves us too. He does love you 
as a created being that he created. And he loves you so much he sent his son Jesus to die from you, to deliver you from the disobedient lifestyle that he spoke about in his word that has women with women and men with men, and it's an abomination. I mean, he's not not loving you. You're just living a lifestyle in disobedience to what he said. But they say their definition of love is, no, he loves me and accepts me as I am. God don't accept anybody as they are. There's not anybody on the face of the planet. Heterosexual relationships are not accepted by God. Now, what I mean by that is God's not accepting people because we were all sinners. We need Jesus. No one is accepted. You're only accepted when you receive Jesus. So it doesn't matter if you're in a married relationship. If you're still outside the covenant of God, you're not accepted. He loves you, but he still requires you to receive Jesus as your Lord. So you understand, married couples, a man and a woman, are not more accepted than homosexual couples if, they're bo- if both couples are n- not born again. They're both not accepted. You must receive Christ to be accepted. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, there again, you know, we get all prideful and our, well, you know, we're in the right, well, if you're not born again, you're not in the right relationship. And there's plenty of guys with girls that aren't married, and, and the Lord called that fornication. Correct? So what we do is we put our stamps uh, or, or our definitions based upon our experience, what we've seen, and we conclude that's how, what God's saying. But God said, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In essence, what I'm saying about something isn't what you've defined. You must find how I've defined it and then live according to that standard. That's why Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, lift up the standard here, change your thinking, get the right definition of my terms, and do what I say. This is what he had the problem with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I mean, they were doing everything written on the law, but they weren't doing it with their heart. Well, I ain't, man, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not committed adultery. I mean, I've been faithful to my wife. I've never committed adultery. And then Jesus shows up and says, well, if you've lusted after a woman, you've committed the sin of adultery. And now they're locking up. Why? Because their definition is just don't physically do it. But, man, you know, you can look and not touch. Because that's what they're talking about in the back. You can look and don't touch. I mean, I, when I was in uh, uh, work outside the church, I mean, and people knew that I was born again. People knew that I followed God. And then somebody come through and them guys would say, oh, come on. Come on, you know, Earl, you can look and not touch. You know, that's okay. No, it's not. No, it's not okay. Ain't nothing okay about it at all. I mean, if I'm looking, I might as well go ahead and touch. Now, the consequences are different between looking and touching. You understand this. But the sin's there, period. And so he's jacking them up, saying, listen, you've got a wrong definition of how you are supposed to be with God. Well, what this word has, what this law has determined is that your heart's not right and don't even want to do it and can't do it, and you're still wrong even in your trying. Amen? So he comes and he says, man, i got to speak some truth. I need to let them know exactly how this thing works. And in Numbers tells God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. So God's not, he's not a liar. The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's looking for truth that he can then turn. He, he's always perverting truth. He's always turning it. He'll use the Scripture, but out of context. I mean, when he tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, you know, uh, he, if you are the Son of Man, and he made a little statement to him, and Jesus right out the gate says, For it is written. 
So the devil says, oh, okay, you're going to try to throw something. Daddy says, no problem. I know a few things Daddy said too, but I'll take it out of context, see if you jump. Same thing he did with Eve. The context, you shall surely die if you eat the fruit. He said, you shall surely not die, which means he said the same thing but took it out of context by saying not. In essence, he made the statement a lie. Because there was truth in the statement in the sense that the Lord knows that the day you eat of it, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. The thing is, is God didn't want Eve and Adam to know evil. They only knew good. They knew the Lord. They were holy, blameless, without sin or without reproach. Amen? And as a result of that, God didn't want them to know that Lucifer fell from that realm. He didn't want them to give their dominion over to him. He didn't want them to know temptation. He didn't want them to know evil. He didn't want them to know anything about it. One of them totally separated from it. He didn't want them to know death. But when she disobeyed by eating the fruit, gave to her husband, and he did the same, now they know something God never wanted them to know. Okay? And see, this is the problem. This is why people ask, what is truth? Is because people have this appetite to want to know. And there's a lot of things you just don't need to know. I mean, you know, we got the Facebook kicking out there. Everybody's, you know, uh, Joshua tell me about one particular minister. I, he must be a tweet junkie, man. Tweet, 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 you know. I don't know how they have time. I'll be honest with you, I don't know how they have time. I mean, I, I feel like I'm on my phone enough. Much less having to post something. Hey, in McClinney again, getting Starbucks, going to Valdosta, so all my church can know that. You know? I mean, come on. Pray. Why are you following what my little steps are? Because you're following the wrong person. You see what I'm saying? I mean, this is what this, these, these social networks and what they're doing is people just letting out information. And, you know, half of it's a lie. I mean, half the pictures they have up there, they don't even look that way no more. You understand what I'm saying? And you know as well as I do, we, I mean, I understand the friends you're around. They typically are those if you're Facebook with. But you understand, there may be some people out there that's got a face up and got a name, and they're saying they're this, but they're a totally different person. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guarantee you there's all kind of crimes committed because people have befriended, befriended someone on Facebook thinking it was someone met them somewhere, and lo and behold, it's somebody totally different, maybe never made a home anymore. I mean, you can't prove that that doesn't happen when the world and our society tells us people do have all these encounters all the time. I mean, how many adults are saying they're teenagers? How many parents are actually talking on their kids' Facebook, acting like it's their, they're their kids? Man, I'm telling you, we, you can get off in la-la land. So you understand all this stuff going around, and, no, and people are just... What's going on? What got to be in this snow and all this stuff? And that clouds all these things. When the Lord's trying to say, why don't you separate yourself to me? Why don't you come and follow me? Why don't you come and hear what I say? Come listen to my call. What I'm speaking is truth. What I'm saying is truth. Hallelujah. Amen? What I'm speaking. I tell our people down in St. Augustine, for all, the, all the years we've been down there, I'll say, listen, if there's something, you listen, if i got something going on or if I hear something, I'm not going to go ask, you know, three people to get to someone. If, if say, I heard something about James, per se, okay? And if I hear something, that don't mean nothing to me. I'm not running that down at all. I mean, I don't have time to be trying to run down one person's comment about one person, okay? But if I hear it in more than one place, well, do you think I'm going to go and say, hey, what was that again? And hey, what do you hear? And gain all this? No, I'll just go to the source. Hey, let me talk to you. I mean, why waste my time 
filtering through where maybe they heard it. I just asked the man. I cut you to chase. Now, unfortunately, people don't do that for me as a pastor. They want to go around and run behind my back, you know, and not want to talk to me personally. Why? Because they already really know where I'm at. Okay. But I'll go to the source. And then, I, I mean, I've had meetings in my office where someone was upset at me about something that happened to someone, and they're telling me, you know, about, you know, how I did this wrong, and I'm looking at them and I'm saying... Well, you weren't in the meeting. How do you know? Well, they told me. Well, did they tell you my side? Because I have a side. You understand? Get a quarter out, man. There's two sides, a head and tail. I mean, the Bible tells us, let everything be confirmed out of two or three witnesses. And if I was in the meeting, why don't you want to know my side? Now, when that takes place, then I have to let them know I ain't going to tell you my side. Why? Because I actually love the one that's left, unlike you and them. Because they could repent tomorrow and come back and say, Pastor, I was wrong for whatever the thing was, and I want to continue on, and that's why we're not having this conversation, because I don't talk to you about people that I talk with. But now if you want to go get them and bring them into this office with you, and I'll look them in the face, and I'll say, like case in point, say James was upset at me because something happened with um, Pastor Marcus, and he's not there anymore. So then i say, if you want to get Pastor Marcus and bring him to my office, and I'll say, Pastor Marcus, can I tell James everything I know about you? If he says yes, then it's on. But you know what? They never show up with them. Why? Because they've already concluded to believe a lie because it satisfies their flesh because most of them just don't want to submit to God anyway. Because I'm telling you right now, Jesus, all he does is speak truth. And since he only speaks truth, then we need to submit to that. Because God's not a man that he should lie, which means everything that comes out of his mouth is truth. And whatever he says, even about us, if he says... You've got to change this. Then guess what? That's truth. But now, Lord, it's all right for me to be like this. No, you're believing a lie. Because he speaks truth. Amen? All right, let's go on. John chapter 14. Turn over to John chapter 14. Come on, you with me tonight? Hallelujah. John 14 and verse 6. Truth. You know, truth will always come to the top. Eventually, I mean, there are so many things that have happened at times uh, as we built down in St. Augustine. You know, I'm not, I don't even get into stuff. You know what? Truth to find out. I tell people all the time, put them stickers on your car. When I pastor, and they'll tell me the truth. I don't drive very good. I said, I don't care. That just means you're going to advertise a little more because you... Getting around, you're going to be more noticeable. But you understand the reputation of the church is not built on your driving. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if our representing of Christ, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't represent him right. And you don't see God going down, going, man, that bad advertisement. You've got to stop that. He don't do that, does he? He can put up with a lot. Why? Why does he do this? Because he knows truth will show itself. I mean, people can say, look at that bumper. I mean, those people over there, that church, they must never follow the law. I mean, this guy, they, no, you come to church, truth to find itself out. Truth will always come to the top. Because when it's all said and done, truth's all that's going to remain. Truth is all that's going to remain. Hallelujah. Amen. And let God vindicate that, right? Because he is truth. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said, I am the way and the what? He's the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, but you understand he's the way, he's the truth. 
He's the light. You understand, everything he says is the right path. Everything he says is the truth, and that's all that matters. And everything he says brings life. It doesn't bring death. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's life. It, and the only thing it would bring death to is that which opposes it. Because you're saying there is a death side to God. You know, when I say that, there's something that will separate because it says if God be for you, who can be against you? And you understand, God will not, is not putting up with things against him. He can judge that. He can move. He can move it out of the way. He can remove things. You understand this? But he is the giver of life. He wants people to hear him, obey his, the truth that he has, which is for their benefit and brings life to them. Amen? Brings life to them. John chapter 16. Look at this. John chapter 16. I'm just wanting to show you tonight. NIV. This is the NIV translation I'm going to read out of. Um, I just want to show you. There is truth out there. And it's not too good to be. It is. It is. It is truth. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all, what? Truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now, that's a powerful statement right there, isn't it? Now, uh, we're going to go ahead and do it just for the sake of doing it. Go back one verse for me. Go back to verse 12. Because I want you to see this preceding. Because, again, here in 13, he says, uh, but when he comes, that is the spirit of truth. He's going to guide you in all truth. But notice his preceding statement that he's talking to his disciples. He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Which means, I can't, you can't, I can't handle what I'm about to say. If I told you, it would actually damage you. I mean, there's some things that we can't handle in our walk yet. There's things that we, man, you don't want the information. There's some things you need to steer clear of because it can taint you. It can cause a root of bitterness to get in you. You can get hurt. Something can get planted in you. The, the, the devil wants to poison your spirit, man. He wants to get you off your course and from your purpose. And the Lord himself, in his truth, says there's more things I could reveal to you about me and my kingdom, but yet we're not there yet. Amen? And so here, before he talks about this spirit of truth that's coming, he's saying, now there's some information I just can't tell you. Just can't let you know. And that's true from the things of the Word. Also, that's true concerning things of the world. There's just some, I mean, there's certain things I just don't go around because why? I mean, all I'm going to do is have to keep casting off some thought or casting down some thought. I mean, I'm not going to run around with people who are talking down people in my church. I'm just not going to do it. It won't happen. It won't happen. I mean, because I know the vision. I know what's going on. I tell them point blank. I said, you're off, man. You go. I ain't got time for that. I drive on. I got to go. I mean, I got my purposes assigned to this vision, you know, and we're going on. You know, I don't, I don't have time to hang out and hang around and habitually fellowship with people who are against my God. I will go to them as the Lord leads me. I'll plant seed. I'll water. You know what? I'm not uh, being so separated from them that I can't influence them with the kingdom. But you understand, I'm not running uh, on the weekends and going camping with I'm not doing that. The Lord told, never wanted us to go hang out and be buddy-buddies with unbelievers. Neither does He want us to be buddy-buddies with those who are habitual go uh, gossips and are trying to bring division within the body at all. Why? Because the, 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 the enemy wants to get you to question things all the time. In fact, 
just recently, uh, uh, when I was ministering, the Lord spoke to me concerning uh, a particular individual. And I told them, I said, you are still entertaining conversations. This is a word of knowledge. You're still entertaining conversations uh, with individuals that are constantly causing you to question the truth that you know. And that's why you're still in this thing that you've been in and you've not been able to whip it for the last six, seven years. I mean, it's actually been longer than that. And the reason why they're still in it is because they keep running, really, to a bunch of witchcraft, people who are saying they're godly, and they're really not, they're just talking rebellion. I said, until you cut that off, God's never going to be able to use you, ever. Now, it's on them. It's on them. Why? Because God wants us to stay in truth. Because the world wants to know truth. Well, if we won't stay in truth, how are we going to be able to deliver it? And if we think it's too good to be true, to know truth, and to actually do what God says and actually live the life God said we can live, well, then why would the world ever think it can be? Why would the world come to it? I mean, Jesus is the answer to the world. And he says, as I was in the earth, so are you. We represent him. If we can't do what he said in the earth, then why would the world come to him? Oh, the good news, John 16, 13. But when He, that is who? The Spirit of truth. Here's the thing about truth. Truth is just not um, information. you got to change your thinking, you know. Again, because, you know, we are conditioned in our school system. We get a question, and the, it would be true or false, okay? Now, if I went back and took some of those tests, those things that I said were true and got a correct ant got a little check for would really be false. Like the smallest planet in the solar system is Pluto, true or false. When I grew up, true. Then before I got when I got into middle school, they found out that Pluto was not the smallest planet, it was actually a little bit larger, and Mercury now is. So the same question now says <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Is Pluto the smallest planet? It's false. But now the statement's even more false because now they've concluded Pluto's not even a doggone planet. It's some kind of moon. So we don't have, how many were we supposed to have? Nine planets in the solar system? Now we've been reduced to eight and got this one planet that's floating around, or moon. You see what I'm saying? So here at one time, and so what we do is when we hear true, false, true, we think of facts. Things that are right. But the information that man is trying to determine, a lot of times without God, because again, science a lot of times operates without the God factor. That's why evolution is, is predominant, because we need all this time to substantiate what we're saying and how this came to pass. Because if we put that, then there's no way you'll ever see it take place which substantiates us being able to say it takes these many, many millions of years. Because nobody lives past 80 to you know, 100 years. I mean, nobody's going to live long enough to see something evolve, ever, ever. Because you understand how small that change must be if it took millions of years. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So when you have that and they're dealing in these facts, then their facts change. So then we think, oh, well, what used to be true now isn't true, and what we thought was true isn't. So then Pilate, same thing, what is? Truth. And so we've concluded, man, it's just, 
It's, it's too good to be true. I mean, you, you, nothing is definite. Everything's changing. You know, things change. You know, what, what may work for you may not work in this situation. We talk about this. It's all relative. You know, now, in this husband-wife relationship, that may work in this particular country and stuff. But over here in this one, it doesn't work. Now, when we go to Haiti in June, we're going to be going, uh, Pastor Marcus and I are going to June, in June, Faith Christian University out of Orlando started, uh, uh, were approached by some pastors down there, and the mayor of Port-au-Prince uh, came to her and said, our pastors don't know the word, we need a school. I mean, we're not talking no other Christian organization. The mayor himself with some pastors came and said, we need to know God's word. Would you come and set up a school? So she went down and started some things, but you understand, they don't have people to go in there, so she's asking some pastors she knows. We had her up for the seven-year celebration, and uh, Dr. Faith said, Pastor Earl, I would love for you to go down there and do some instruction. I said, okay. And so I asked the question, I said, um, you know, has anybody laid out the kingdom yet? She said, no. So I said, i do that. Because if I lay the kingdom out, then no matter what anybody else's teaches behind us, they'll always see it through the, the lens of the kingdom. So let's go down there and teach the kingdom. But she made this statement to me. She said this. She says, now, she goes, Pastor Earl, I really need you to show them. And I'm going to tell you, we can show them. But I really need you to show them, Pastor Earl, because the last time, you know, uh, Pastor Daryl went down there, not Daryl Huffman, but D- uh, Daryl Morgan from Apopka, Florida. When he went down there, they, they, after he ministered one particular subject, the pastors came and said, Now, Pastor Darrell, that's good. That works for you in Florida, in the United States, because your nation prospers, but that's not going to work for us here in Haiti. So, in essence, they're saying, What you're telling me from the Word is relative to where you're at. That's what they're doing. Well, I'm going to tell them it's not relative because if you're a child of the kingdom, the king can get resources to any kid anywhere on the planet. Hallelujah. At any time. Because the territory by which the spirit of the man is in just changed and is owned by God. So don't look at yourself as a Haitian anymore. Look at yourself as a kingdom citizen living in the land of Haiti as an ambassador for the king. And we change some thinking there. And they'll start to say, I'm an ambassador and ambassadors because they can go and look at the embassies in their own countries from nations that are prosperous. And all they got to say, now, wait a minute, my God owns it all. And I'm his territory. Whoo, glory to God. Come on, get that. Amen? So what we do is it's not relative truth. It is truth. If God will bless you in the United States, He'll bless you in Haiti. He'll bless you in Africa. He'll bless you in uh, Cuba. He'll bless you no matter where you're at on the planet. Don't matter. God will bring provision and bring you more than enough to accomplish your summit. Because He's truth. But when He, the Spirit of truth... So here's what I'm going with this truth thing. Truth is not information or knowledge. Truth is actually a spirit. It's a being. You've got to change what you know about truth. Truth is just not that, oh, I have an answer... Truth is a spirit. He called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. Truth is actually alive. Truth lives. It breathes. It performs. In fact, the truth is power. Because truth is a spirit. And the Holy Spirit is power. But you'll be endued with what? Power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing the demonstration of the Word. And He's hearing from Him. And He's communicating to us. 
And when we believe it and act on it, then the Spirit of truth demonstrates that word. Hallelujah. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will say He will. You need to underline that, man. Will, not maybe. He might. Well, if you're lucky. Well, if you're a smart person, you might not be as smart as other people. Look, your, your, uh, however far you went in school is irrelevant. The Spirit of truth is the greatest instructor on the face of the planet. All that He requires is you believe what He says. Period. He will guide you into all truth. He will do this. This is what He will do. He will do this. And He will not speak on His own initiative, which means He's not making things up just to make it sound good. He's only hearing what He has heard. Whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. He will do this. All right? Let's look real quick at what truth is not. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Are you, are you with me tonight? It's not too good to be. It's good to be in truth, isn't it? 2 Timothy chapter 3. Hey, got a little bass. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll start in verse 6. Okay? says this, For among them... Oh, let's go up a little bit further, just for fun. Let's just go ahead and start in verse 1, can we? Let's just do it for fun. He says, But realize this, that in the last days, which is translated in the last of the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, uh, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. What's it say to do? Avoid. Well, why are they, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. The power comes from the Holy Ghost which means they're denying the Holy Spirit. Now, that, what that means is that's not that they're denying to try to work in the miraculous because a lot of them want to work in the miraculous. What they're trying to deny is they're denying the Spirit of truth because they just want to do it their way, not God's way. And it says, avoid these such men. Look at this, verse 6. For among them are those who enter into household uh, and captivate Weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses. Verse 7, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as J.J., J and J, right here, okay, opposed Moses, so these men also, what did they do? Oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind rejected in regard to the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as these two guys' folly was also. Now, who are these guys? Turn over to Exodus chapter 7. Who are these guys that opposed Moses? They obviously didn't want truth, okay? They weren't interested in truth. They were self-seekers. They wanted notoriety for themselves. They wanted to do their own thing, okay? They wanted to look good, important, intelligent, wise in their own mind. Amen. That's a scary thing. 
So the references to this place here, these two guys are here when Moses entered into Pharaoh. And when he goes in, the Lord says, Pharaoh is going to ask you to work a sign. He said, when he does, throw down your, uh, have Aaron throw your rod down, and I'm going to turn it into a snake. Okay? Sure enough, as the Lord told them, Pharaoh threw, asked for a sign, and they threw the, the rod down, and it turned into a snake. So it says, then Pharaoh also called for who? What kind of? Wise men. His wise men. And the who? Sorcerers. And they also, and they also the magicians of Egypt. I'm saying people are trying to run to fortune tellers, you know, getting little cards, maybe seeing that, you know, text, such and such, such, and we'll tell you who your love is. It's just ridiculous. If you text this, we'll tell you whether your boyfriend's cheating on you or not. Yeah, commercial. All text rates apply. <laughs> and people probably do that, fill in something, text it, and if it comes... I mean, it's no different. And I know it's a little kiddie game, but you know, a little eight ball. Well, I get a hit today in the game. See what I'm saying? Not so sure. Right? Does so-and-so like me? Could be possibly. I mean, so vague. Now, every once in a while, there'd be the yes and the no. And when you get that, you shake it up and ask another question. Why? Because you're going to manipulate this doggone thing in there to get your answer. Because it ain't. They don't know. They don't know. Okay? So, but he pulls wise men, sorcerers, magicians of Egypt. And what happened? They did the same with their secret arts. What did they do? They opposed the truth. The truth was the Lord says, you throw your staff down and turn it state. So somehow they worked an illusion. And they were able to perform the same things in the scene, yet used a different source in order to perform what seemed like a real action. The difference is, is that God actually turned it from a staff to a snake. They did some sleight of hand. Now, I love the first one because then Moses' the snake goes and eats theirs just to let them know we got more power. Then he picks it up and turns it into a staff. So now the snakes you were using as con people, it's all gobbled up in my staff. You're not getting them back. Okay? The next thing, the Lord tells them to go down to the Nile. And take the water out and it turns into blood. Well, guess what? Same wise men, they oppose truth. Because, see, Moses is a representative of God. What's he going to Pharaoh for? He says, Pharaoh, the Lord says, let my people go. And Pharaoh don't want to do that, so he gets his little wise people up who oppose what God says and says, oh, you ain't got no power. Look, we can do this too. They have a form of godliness but have denied the real power. They are opposing. And and every time they work something that Moses, it caused the mass to doubt truth. Well, this guy Moses come up in there, and he's talking like he's from God, and that God sent him to, to let all the slaves that we, you know, that we have as slaves, that whole nation over there in Goshen, uh, to leave. And man, God's supposed to be with him. I wonder if God really is. And you know what? I was there, and he threw down his thing. But you know what? Our guys, they just as powerful. They threw theirs and got the same thing. You know, they ain't really from God. His God's not better than our God, the sun God of Ra. You see what I'm saying? Our God's in Egypt as strong as his. So what takes place? So God says, I want you to work another miracle. Finally, he does. He does a little water, turns it into blood. Well, guess what? These guys are the same thing. 
So then he comes to do another one. And he brings frogs in. Frogs. Right? Pastor Rick's favorite friend. Frogs in. Okay? Well, guess what? They did the same. But then later on in the 8th chapter, around verse 16, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, that it may become gnats through, through uh, all the land of Egypt. They did so, and Aaron stretched out uh, his hand with his staff and struck the dust, and there were gnats on, beast, uh, on men, man and beast. All of the dust of the earth became gnats throughout all the land of Egypt. Verse 18, the magicians tried with their secret arts to bring forth gnats, but they could not, so there were gnats on man and beast. Then, verse 19, then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord said. Why? You know what all he thought? You just can't, you ain't figured out how they're doing it. For Pharaoh, on what is truth, is that I saw y'all do it this other time. I don't know how y'all do it, but apparently you ain't figured out their gimmick. But it's no gimmick. Because the truth is, God rules. His Word. And I'm telling you, he started performing more miracles after that. And I'm telling you, the same men that once opposed him at begging Pharaoh to get them out. See, truth will always come to the surface because there is truth. There is truth. And you cannot fail with God's Word ever. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says this. The um, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Or 1 Corinthians, sorry. It takes me a little longer to flip. i got a new Bible given to me, and um, the pages, you know, aren't broken yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, says this. Uh, well, uh, yeah, 13, he says, um, Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. The reserved, sta- uh, reserved standard version says, And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who possess the Spirit. So here's the thing. Did God not say, by His stripes ye were healed? That's not too good to be true. Did He not say, and my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory? That's not too good to be true. Did He not say, for the joy of the Lord is your strength? That's not too good to be true. Did he not say, put on love, and that love is patient, love is kind? Right? Love never fails. It's long-suffering, doesn't take into account of suffered wrong. Love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness. He said, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. That's truth. Well, I, you know, Pastor, I just can't walk in love like you. Yes, you can. It's not too good to be true. You can walk in the love of God. It's not, I, I just can't forgive people. Yes, you can. Freely you've been forgiven, you freely forgive. Yes, you can. That's the truth. You can do this. I just can't be like Jesus in the earth. Yes, you can. For as I was in the earth, so will you be in the earth. 
I, you know, the enemy, he's just always trying to run me down. The devil's just trying to chase me. I don't know. No, you can live over him and above him, and he's under your feet. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. world. That is the truth. And it's not too good to be true. It is true, and we must live in that truth. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? So he has given us truth so we can walk in that truth. And it's not too good for us to walk in. We can. God says, I delight in the prosperity of my people. That's not too good to be true. You know, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this financial. It's not too good to be true for you to get out. You get in your summit. You get in your purpose. You seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all those things to be added to you. In Matthew 6, it tells us, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear. Well, that's just too good to be true. I can't, I can't see that. I mean, we got bills. We have this. We have that. Listen, it's not too good to be true for you. If you'll seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all the things the Gentiles seek, you will have it added to you. It's just too good to be true, Pastor Earl, to think that it can just be added. It's not too good to be true. It is the truth. And it will happen if you'll act in it. Period. And if you'll keep pressing and you keep doing and be a doer of the word, then your life will see that happen and you'll be like, Ma, Ma, Ma. It's just being added to me. All the time it's being added to me. All the time it's being added to me. And you'll be testifying of God's goodness. And they're thinking, Why does it work for you? Why? Because I believe the truth. All right. A few more scriptures tonight. John chapter 17. You with me? Hallelujah. It's not too good to be true that He's the Deliverer. It's not too good to be true that He's a Redeemer. It's not too good to be true that He's Lord. He is Lord. Hallelujah. John 17, 17 says this, Sanctify them, amplified, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself, make them holy by by the truth. Your word is truth. Man, that's why we got to read this Bible. That's why we got to stay in the Word. His Word is truth. This is the truth. And the Holy Spirit's going to reveal this truth to us. There's so much in this thing that we're still digging and digging and digging. I mean, I, I give my whole life away to be in this, to know it. I mean, I'd sell all to get this pearl that's hidden here. Dig this thing up. Because, man, if I can get wisdom, he said it's better to get wisdom than gold, better to get understanding than silver. The whole world's trying to get into the gold and the silver because they think the economy is going to collapse, and it could collapse. But I'm going to dig into wisdom and the understanding. If the Spirit of God told me to buy gold, I'd buy but only if He tells me. If He doesn't, I'm not going to waste my time running after that commodity. Because like I told our church the other day, if they, there could be a gold vein somewhere that tomorrow they could hit and say there is so much gold here that all of a sudden the value of gold would just plummet. But His Word never ends. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word, which tells us this, if His Word won't pass away, then His truth. Pass away. Second Timothy 2.15, that's why he said this. NIV says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles, rightly divides the word of, of what? Of truth. I mean, God doesn't want us going through life having to be in guesswork. If we're having guesswork, it's because we're not in his word. We're not seeking his word and we're not hearing the spirit of truth. 
if we will separate ourselves to study and, and go after God and keep seeking Him and, and follow Him, truth will continue to be revealed to us. Anything the Holy Spirit reveals to us is truth. Psalms 86.11 says this, Amplified, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth. Direct and unite my heart solely, reverently, to fear and honor your name. He wants to walk and live where? In the truth. In the truth. I mean, I, I love the testimony Jimmy had, man, when the power plant went down and everybody was getting all upset, you know, saying, my gosh, what are we going to do? They're probably going to let... And you know what, Jimmy? I'm not worried about why. Because he knows there's the truth that my God will take care of me and I'm not supposed to worry about that, so I'm going to act on that word. That's powerful. I mean, Jimmy, I don't know how many people go through life and can't even live that truth. They just wring in their hands. What are we going to do? Why? Because they're not in truth. Because they believe these facts that they see is the truth when the truth is my God. Come on, my God. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He can give to me exceedingly abundantly far beyond what I could think or imagine. That's the type of people God's raising up. That's why we in Valdosta, to continue to give this word, man. And you're going to be so far ahead of those that get added later. And you're going to be a blessing to them. You're going to be spilling over into them as they're being added. He goes on and says this. Last scripture tonight is John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Woo, this is good. Preach myself happy. Glory to God. Amen. Man, I love, I love knowing that I'm in truth. I mean, man, I'll tell you right now. If anybody's got an argument with me, just come bring this. Because if you can prove it here, I'm changing. I mean, there is no way I'm getting up against this. There's no way, man. There's no way. There's no way. I'm not getting up against that. <laughs> I'm going to stay in truth. If you can show that my thinking's wrong, I'm changing. Period. It's a done deal. I'm done. I had one uh, uh, person one time said, Now, Pastor Earl, you say, you know, the commandment is just God's word. Is that, is that really right? I mean, every time that we see the word commandment, we can just say it's, it's God's word? It's a good question. Now, my spirit man already had that it is. So, but I need to take some time to look at some other scriptures, you know, to walk through some things. Because there's, you know, a little thought process they had concerning the law. And so I said, okay. So we began to walk through the word. And sure enough, Matthew chapter 5 was proved it right out. Right out. Because Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish or to destroy the law or the prophets. Well, he wasn't just talking about the law. We know the law or commandments. We know the ten, but there's really 613. Okay? But he didn't just say the law. He said the law and the prophets. Well, what's the prophets? The prophets spoke whatever they heard from God. So the law was spoken by God to Moses who wrote it down. The prophets didn't write necessarily write down commandments, but wrote, spoke what God was saying concerning the time period by which they were raised up by God to speak to the nation. 
Jesus said, I came to fulfill it. Which was what? I came to fulfill every word my daddy spoke about me. Amen? So yes, every time you see the word commandment, you can say whatever God says. That is his word. Which means that every time you hear God say, obey my word, notice his word is not just a slight suggestion. Well, now if you feel like it, I'd love for you to be in church. Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together, as is the habit of some. As you see the day drawing near, you want to encourage one another. Amen? Hallelujah. The body is a group of people collecting upon the same place. You see what I'm saying? Well, but I can do it at the house. That's not what God said, and it wasn't a suggestion. It's a commandment then. He commands us. You know another thing he didn't do? Well, just love one another. If you can. I mean, if you can, love. He said, no, he commanded it. He said, I command you to love. But that love is his love, not our love. Okay. You see this? All right, John 8, verse 31. And I'm going to read the NIV again. It says this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. You see that? So Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Now we've got to continue in something. I mean, a lot of people come and get what they want and think that's good enough, and then they don't continue nothing. I mean, some whole, whole churches are built on just people coming and receiving Jesus as their Savior. Now they're going to go to heaven. We feel better about ourselves. We don't want to dabble in things that, you know, may make them uncomfortable. We want to be sensitive. You know, we want to say anything that would offend anybody. I mean, when it's all said and done, they really just need Jesus to be Savior. That's all that matters because then they'll know they'll go to heaven. That's all, And no, there's no other continuing at all. He didn't tell us make converts. He said make disciples. He said, you've got to continue word, which means if I believe God for this, I've got to believe God for something else. I've got to continue in faith. If I believed Him and grew in this truth, then I've got to continue to grow in the truth. I've got to continue, and then I've got to hold on to that teaching. If I'm going to forgive one person here because I actually like them around somebody I don't like, does some, I still have to forgive them too. I have to continue in that teaching or in the word. I have to keep doing what the Word says. I can't just do part of it for a season and then retire from doing what God says and His Word and wait till I die so I can go to heaven. No, we are to continue in it. So He said, He tells them, if, which is conditional, which means if you don't hold to my teaching, if you don't continue my Word, then you're not my disciples. But if you will, then you are my disciples. And then it says, and then you will know truth. And the truth will make you free. See, we live in America, the United States. And in the United States, we say we're a free country. That's bunk. That is so bunk. We're not free. I mean, it's regulated like anybody else. It's just different. We just get to vote. And what's bad about that is when the majority becomes immoral, then we get a bunch of immoral laws. As long as the majority is righteous and actually tries to love and better mankind, it's great. But when democracy goes immoral and the majority is immoral, then it's bad for all the righteous people. 
and more regulations and more regulations and you can't do this and can't do this. I mean, we could open up a preschool here. We're not, but we could open up one here. They've obviously had one before. But you understand, if we brought one in right now, based upon the way the thing is and the codes, they may require us to bring more stuff. And you understand, they already had one here before. Why? Why? Because there's a new code and they want to regulate it. Oh, I thought we were free. We ought to be able to open what we want. Nope. You just can't put a restaurant anywhere in town. It's got to be zoned for it. Why are they telling me? I thought it was free country. I can't even build a shed out in my backyard without a permit. So now I have to take time to go to the county with my father-in-law because he doesn't hear great. You know, and if people talk too fast, he won't hear them. And so I'm going to go down with him so that we can look at their approved plans. Because if I end up building it like I want to, then i got to get someone to actually draw it, and that's going to cost me more money for a shed. So, you know what? I'm going to stay within something they've already approved. Thank you. We're taking this one. We'll pay you whatever amount of money. We're going to keep it under $2,500 because I heard that if you do that, you don't have to have a notice of commencement, which is more. I thought we free. Well, you're free to build a shed if you want to, as long as you stay in alignment with. But you understand, there is a true statement to that. With what God's saying, you're truly free when you stay in alignment to His Word. The thing about here is that their truth changes. Their system's always changing. It's always benefiting them. I mean, there was a day, man, that you could just go out on a piece of property, man, throw you up a house, you understand, get a couple neighbors, next thing you know, you're done, you're good to go. I mean, there's in certain countries, I mean, there's certain ministries I could do in some other countries, we'd be, have a church built like that. Be over. Here... Man, you know what I'm saying? But I got to stay in alignment. Why? Because I don't want them to come in after I put all that money in and say, "Oh, you didn't do it according to our code." Tear it all out. You see? But if we stay in, if we know His truth, then the truth will truly set us free. And what freedom are we talking about? Free from sickness and disease, freedom from lack, freedom from um, you know not being able to reach our potential and what God's called us to do. Freedom to train up our children in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. There's so much truth. Freedom to have a marriage as God ordained in the earth. I mean, because a lot of married couples, man, they believe the lie. Well, you know, we're ir- irreconcilable. We have irreconcilable differences. Somebody ain't implying love. And I'm talking about in church. I'm talking Christians. People who say, Jesus, I, I believe you died on the crossroads. I'm going to heaven. And he's Lord, is that what the Lord's saying? Put on love, man. Get a new one. I love uh, Amy's husband and, and their testimony. Every time I have him testimony, but he said the first conversation I ever had with Pastor Earl, he called me and said, Amy wants to know when you're coming home. I have a great marriage today. And he asked me, he said, he said uh, what's your success in counseling? My success rate. What kind of questions that? Kenny. That's a Kenny question. Thinking, I said 100% if you'll do exactly what I say. Now, why did I say that? Because I'm only going to tell you what he says. And if you apply what he does, then it's 100%. It never fails. Because love never fails. And the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. And you're to love your wife like Christ loved the church. So you apply that, buddy. It's great. It's good now. It's good. Good marriage. Amen. Why? Because they found truth. Truth set them free. 
free from arguing and fighting and, you know, wanting to leave each other and start over. No, they're free from that. Now they're free to live in a great covenant marriage. And it's getting better and better every day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we glorify your name. I thank you, Father, that we can know truth. It's not too good to be true. It is true. It's truth. And this truth sets us free. I thank you that the Holy Spirit that lives in us bears witness with our spirit. And we're children of God. And he instructs us by his spirit. Which is the spirit of truth. We honor you. Praise you. And I thank you, Lord, that the Spirit of God is in our lives to impart more truth into us, that we may walk in greater freedom in the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, if our usher would stand, we appreciate your faithfulness in giving. Being offered in the loaf. Jimmy, can get there to you. Okay? Um, hallelujah. So we're excited about what God's doing. Amen. We love to give, love to sow to the King. Amen. He's a good God. He loves us.